Your gray sheet for tonight from stanza number four of hymn 548 on your gray sheet. My inmost heart now raises. Stanza four. Let not thine angel leave me. While here on earth I stay. While here on earth I stay. Let Satan's arts deceive me. Lest Satan's arts <laughs> deceive me. Lest Satan's arts deceive me. And lead my soul astray. And lead my soul astray. Then let thine angel near. Then let at night and each new morning, lest soul and body sorrow and faltering cost me dear. So last week we were dealing with uh, the morning and evening prayer. Tonight we actually have to ask a blessing and returning thanks. But that one was also said, let your holy angel be with me that the evil foe may have no power over me. Here we have, as it, uh, a hymn dealing with the morning, uh, makes reference to the angel, let, let not thine angel leave me. So I mentioned last time that Moses, as he was leading God's people, one, he said, I'm not going to lead them unless you go with me. And God promised his presence would go with him. And then, uh, here it is in Exodus chapter 23. It says, see, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. So we have the angel being uh, sent. But as it goes on, you begin to realize there's more than just a messenger. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since my name is in him. If you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. My, my angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Perizzites. Anyway, it, it goes on to speak about what the Lord is going to do. But uh, it promises that I am sending my angel, and you need to be careful that you listen to his words and that uh, apart from him, my name is in him, Apart from him, there is not forgiveness. Well, um, obviously, this is a, a reference to the Savior who watches over and protects and, and who has the name of God upon him. Yahweh saves his own name, Jesus, Jesus. And so here, uh, as it requests, let not thine angel leave me while here on earth I stay, lest Satan's arts deceive me and lead my soul astray. Who is the one that can help us? Well, the one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are and yet was without sin. He took on human flesh, uh, even defeated the devil. So uh, this is who we ask to be with and, and near us. 
Then keep thine angel near at night and each new morrow. And so what does he do? Well, both soul and body he is going to provide. Lest soul and body sorrow and faltering cost me dear. Lest soul and body sorrow and faltering cost me dear. But instead, that we might rejoice to the one who provides and takes care of both body and soul and who promises I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He is with his church, and, and thus even with each individual member who, uh, by faith, has been united. We've been talking on uh, the school-age class this, this year about baptism and about how, how does this baptism work. And Romans 6 is that we are united with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. And so this is a, a uniting. Let him be with me. All right, stanza number stanza number four. Let not thine angel leave me while here on earth I say, lest Satan's arts deceive me and lead my soul astray. Then keep thine angel near at night and each tomorrow. Bless soul and body sorrow and faltering cost me dear. All right, we're on the last two of the daily prayers. They ask a blessing and returning of thanks. How the head of the household should teach his household to ask a blessing and returning thanks. The children and members of the household shall go to the table reverently, fold their hands, and say, We are different. We are made in the image of God unlike the animals who don't go to the table, who don't go reverently, who don't acknowledge there are times to eat and there is uh, restrictions uh, concerning food and drink and clothing and sexuality and all kinds of things which we as humans observe, they do not. Well, here, you are different. Uh, you can with folded hands and with reverence, go to the altar, uh, go to the table. First words are from Psalm 145, 15 to 16. The eyes of all look to you, O Lord. The eyes of all look to you, O Lord. And you give them their food at the proper time. And you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand. And satisfy the desires of every living thing. So all creation, whether they realize or not, oh, as the senseless animals are, they realize what? Uh, they all get their stuff from God. The eyes of everyone looks to him. Um, that he would provide in the way that he has set up. Uh, he provides through the sun and the rain. He provides through parents. He provides 
through a life cycle uh, in, in creation. These are all of the things that he has provided for us. And so in this way, it is him none other than opening up his hand of help, of preservation, preserving us in this world, uh, satisfying the desires which he has put there uh, for us. And so when we come, we say these words because, well, we recognize them. We know uh, from whom all of these things come. And so to take some time both before and, and after receiving his gifts, uh, to ask that it might be a blessing to us and then to give thanks for uh, the blessing that has come. Then shall be said the Lord's prayer and the following. He includes the Lord's prayer in it. Luther actually uh, took this prayer, kind of condensed it down. When he was in the monastery, they had prayers and, and set up. Uh, in fact, they often would have, they would eat in silence, and there would be one of the brothers that would be at a lectern or a podium, and he would lead them through prayers as well as a reading, lead them the prayers at the beginning. As they ate, he would read to them uh, from the uh, devotional books that, that they would have. And so we see here where Luther has pulled some of these things uh, out of there that we might use them in our receiving of God's gifts. Lord God, Heavenly Father, bless us and these your gifts, which we receive from your bountiful goodness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. All right, so we direct our prayer to the Lord God, to the Heavenly Father who has created all things and is now preserving all things. We ask for a blessing. And you might expect the blessing upon us. Bless us. Um, how does, what, well, what does that mean? To, uh, to ask him to bless us. Karen? Help us do his will. Help us do his will? Okay. I think there are times in which it does mean that. I don't know if at this particular point we're exactly going that far, but maybe we are. Well, and, and I guess, you know, so Karen, I got a hot dog in front of me, you know, a little ketchup and uh, uh, sauerkraut on it. Um, I'm not quite sure what the will of God is concerning this delicacy in front of me. Um, help me to do your will. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe. Excellent. And so I think directly at it, yes, what am I asking? Lord, this is one of the ways that you have promised to nourish me, to sustain me, so that I might go about, and that would be the will of God, what? That I would love my neighbor, that I would serve my neighbor, that I would praise him, that I might do all these things. So the connection between the blessings that he is giving right here, bless us, absolutely. How? By providing for us um, as, as you see fit. But there is also a blessing upon the things. Bless us. And these your gifts. Hmm. Can Lutherans do that? 
can, can we bless, you know, the, the, the Roman church blesses palms and blesses pictures and blesses water, turns it into holy water, blesses what? Can we bless a thing? Bless us and these your gifts. And what does that mean? Try it. To do God's will. Absolutely. And God has given those elements, things, in which he has given a word of promise for it. We also have, maybe not so much, I mean, in the sacraments, the word of promise is rather specific. We have no trouble talking about, ah, this gives forgiveness, life, salvation. I got that. You know, I'm thinking the hot dog. Uh, it's food. Has God given a promise? Yeah, that's what it's for. On um, the Garden of Eden, he says, I've given this for you, that it might sustain you. Here, back, after the uh, flood, you know, I'll give you also the uh, animals even. Not just vegetarian, now I'll give you meat to eat. Wow. Um, so I do have a word of promise concerning that. Um, and I think, you know, whether it is the blessing of a hot dog or whether it is the blessing of a home, Sometimes someone has a new home, and they say, okay, let's have a blessing. Uh, what do they mean? Well, in the scriptures it says everything uh, is blessed by the word of God and prayer. So that, to use this in the way that it has been given, that is to say, okay, Lord, I want to use this for your blessing. Why? That it might be a place where I can raise children in the Christian faith. That I might, you know, use this food, that it might strengthen me in order to me. Okay. So yes, of course, um, this is not, how is this different from a blessing on this, this certain water, so now you can have a little holy water, or how is this different from the blessing that is placed upon the palm branches so that if they are used in uh, in, if we use them in true faith, that we will receive um, uh, spiritual graces, I think is the word. But you're asking God to do something he never promised. Okay, first of all, yes, something that's never promised, absolutely. Um, so we can't just make this stuff up, can we? If God says what he'll do, <laughs> it's not for us, it's not. You bet, you bet. Karen? I oh, not Karen. Jane? You both have the same blue on. Are you like, I don't like looking at that? Oh. Isn't it kind of really a recognition that everything is all the blessings that come from him? Yes. And he gives them, we know they're good. Use them for your glory, Lord. I think that's absolutely true. That it all comes from him. We know that it is God's goods gifts, and yes, we want to use it rightly. Um, I, 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 absolutely right. I don't want to turn this into something where I can make my own sacrament. I can make this, in fact, they would call the palm branches a sacramental, a little sacrament. You know, they'd make it up into something that's going to do something like that. Uh, um, and and that, that's why often there has been a shunning of some of these things uh, that have been used. But I was just kind of emphasizing as well, kind of the secondary is this kind of idea that somehow by having this particular prayers that are said, somehow we have changed this water into some other element, or we have given it some kind of property that all of a sudden it has, apart from, 
No, no, no. We're talking about using it. You know, it's not that it has some special uh, thing that sets it apart. Not so. So, uh, yes, bless us and these your gifts. End of the meal. Returning thanks. Also after eating, they shall in like manner reverently with folded hands say, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of a man. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. So what do we do? We give thanks to him. That is, we acknowledge where these things come from. And we acknowledge we know why he's giving them to us. We haven't heard them. It is his love that continues to shower out even upon unthankful sinners uh, that we are. What does he do? He provides food for what? The cattle, the ravens, for all of these things. And yet, what is it that the Lord delights in? Where is his pleasure? Uh, the, the horse of great strength. Yes, it is, but that's not what his pleasure is. Not just in the strong, you might be. His delight in the legs of a man? Um, no, that's his strongest uh, uh, Ability, you would say, strongest muscle group kind of thing of that sort. And yet, no, that is not where the Lord says, you know, uh, if we got some strength there, I'm pleased with that. The Lord delights, it says, in those who love him. Love is a response of fear. Faith, fear, love, trust, trust, faith. Love comes from that. Absolutely. The ones who what? Uh, if you love him, you trust him. Um, and so here, delights in those who fear him, that's an Old Testament way of speaking about what we call faith, or trust in God, and who put their hope in his unfailing love. What do we do? We don't put our hope in our strength. We don't put our hope in whatever. We say, Lord, it, it's your love that I'm counting on. Um, you know, I, I, I can't maintain it. I've failed. This is what has happened. Lord, um, all I can count on is your love. So absolutely, um, in his unfailing love. Luther, as you see with this, puts a scripture verse and then a prayer that goes with it. This is uh, his, his common practice. It was almost always done in connection with like matins and vespers with prayers. They did the same thing. They would have a colic. There would be a verse and a response. In other words, a Bible verse that upon which the uh, prayer itself was was based. So, then shall be said the Lord's Prayer and the following. We thank you, Lord God, Heavenly Father, for all your benefits. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, 
forever and ever. Amen. Um, you know, sometimes it has the sign of the cross, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Other times, the ending of the prayer, which uh, uh, is a kind of a longer ending, uh, we have here, uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit forever and ever, amen. It has a reference to the Trinity, the triune God that, that, that goes with it. What do we do at the end? Uh, we thank him for the benefits which he has provided for us. The Lord's Prayer, if we've been following along, we're saying it in the morning, we're saying it in the evening. We've got it before and after meals. Um, this prayer is to be on our lips. This prayer is to be the one by which the Lord told us to pray and might model all of our prayers after that uh, and to, to use that. Um, someone asked me just Sunday, they said, is there anything wrong with saying the same prayer twice? said, absolutely not. Um, I said, if, if uh, one, you may not have thought about it the first time. Maybe you better say it again. Um, or it may be that you ask the Lord for it and you get done. You say, you know, I still don't believe the Lord's going to do it. I think I'll have to pray this again because <laughs> uh, the Lord's promised. Um, and so there's often times in which we do that. I think the Lord's Prayer is that kind of repetition as well uh, to remind us of the one who has done these things. All right, so... That is the uh, four prayers that Luther uses in the small catechism. It's almost as if it is a uh, breviary of sorts, a prayer order for, for all God's people to follow. All right, our Bible passage is from 1 Corinthians 11, and it is verse 20, what is it, 26. Good. If one... Part, nope, 26. For whenever you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. These come after the words of institution. Often they are not included. Uh, they were at times included in a prayer and like that, that would come after the Lord's Prayer, but uh, in our liturgies they don't. Uh, we do have it included in the uh, Good Friday one, uh, which has kind of, instead of a prayer of sorts, it, it simply uses that verse. Um, it's a very bare bones uh, liturgy of sorts, kind of a more ancient one. Uh, and so, with this, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It would appear that Paul is using those words as a summary of a description of what happens in Lord's Supper. He has just gone back and said, you're not doing things right, you're not eating the Lord's Supper as it has been put, and he gives them the words of institution again, and then says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So, when we come to receive the body and blood of Christ in Lord's Supper, how do we proclaim the Lord's death? It says, you proclaim the Lord's death. Whenever you do this, each time you proclaim the Lord's death. Karen?
Oh yeah, it's loaded, isn't it? It 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 is loaded. Yes. Um, but it's grounded in pretty simple things. So, if I can, if I can draw the distinction, when when Paul says, "Proclaim the Lord's death." Unlike contemporary worship, he doesn't want us going around saying, the Lord's death, the Lord's death, the Lord's death. See, I'm proclaiming the Lord's death. No, what does it mean, proclaiming the Lord's death? Well, by coming and receiving the body and blood for forgiveness, I'm telling people, Jesus' death made these benefits, and I'm getting them. I need his benefits of forgiveness. Right here. So you're proclaiming his death, that would be the benefits of what he has won for us, I'm receiving and it's for me. So that's why, yes, it does include, much bigger, doesn't it? That's where it starts, though, where you would say, okay, right there, that particular point, what am I doing? Why are you going up there? Because I need what his death won for me. And then, by proclaiming the Lord's death, what happens? We live our lives, we go out, we take this with us. It, it's everything that, that, that goes with it. So, good. Um, questions? Great. Let me light the candles. Page 224, we'll begin. Oh, Lord, open my lips. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the bulletin. Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 24. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. 
Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. This is God's word. Our hymn is our grace sheet, my inmost heart now raises. My inmost heart now races in this fair morning hour, a song of thankful praises to thine almighty power. O God, upon thy throne, to honor and adore thee, I bring my praise before thee through Christ thine only Son. For thou from me hast warded all perils of the night. From every harm hast guarded my soul till morning light. To thee I humbly cry, O Savior, have compassion and pardon my transgression. Have mercy, Lord Most High, and shield me from all evil. O gracious God, this day, from sin and from the devil, from shame and from dismay, from fire's consuming breath, from water's devastation, from need and consternation, from people's sudden death. Let not thine angel leave me while here on earth I stay. Lest Satan's arts deceive me and lead my soul astray. Then keep thine angel near at night and each tomorrow. Bless soul and body sorrow, and faltering cost me dear. God shall do my advising, whose might with wisdom blends. May he bless rest and rising, my efforts means and ends. To God forever bless, will I with mine confide me, 
and willing let him guide me as seemeth to him best. Amen, I say not fearing that God rejects my prayer. I doubt not he is hearing and granting me his care. Thus I go on my way and do not look behind me, but ply the task assigned me. God's help shall be my stay. Amen. <coughs> All right, so they began to make excuses. One, first one said, uh, I bought a piece of ground. I must go see it. Please have me excused. He bought some property. That's his excuse. Um, what's he want to be excused from? Yeah. Great big supper. Great big supper. Big celebration. Yeah, big celebration. The king's holding the supper. He says, nope, don't want to go. Um, it's an excuse. Uh, of course, you know, yeah, maybe he did buy a land, but, you know, that. Uh, the other one bought some oxen, bought some farm equipment. Please have me excused. Where does he not want to go? To the supper, the great supper, the king's supper. The big thing. Nope. Oh, I've married a wife. Everybody would understand at this point. He doesn't even ask about an excuse. He simply says, can't, can't do it. Absolutely can't do it. Um, in the Old Testament, if you married a wife, what did you have for a year? Freedom from military service, including political service, too, if there was any kind of duty that you had, whatever. Um, you were free from that. You didn't have to participate in that, that you might be... See, you know, in effect, this guy says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I can't come because the word of God got me off of this. I don't have to go to the King's Supper. I got a wife. Interesting. You, people might say that was military service. <laughs> yeah, is it military? I don't think it is. But I mean, it's kind of interesting that what? It's kind of using the word against it. You have a point? The, um, so, we got an excuse. We got three excuses. Um, quite all quite different. But with verse 18, how does it begin? These words remind me, actually, of, uh, of Acts chapter, well, what, what happened, Jane? They were all with one accord. It was talking about the church. It was talking about how they were all in agreement, and they all believed the same things, and they held to the same things, and they loved the same things. And here it says that the people that had excuses were what? All of one accord. 
the excuses are, are quite different. What is their agreement in? They don't want to go. They don't want to go. They don't want to be with that king. They don't want to have, I don't care what you're fixing. I don't want to go. I don't want to eat it. I don't want to talk with you. I don't want to be at the festivities. I don't want to celebrate what you're celebrating. It makes me think of you saying there's a bunch of different religions, but there's really only two. Yes. A bunch of different excuses, but there's really only one. Very good analogy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's exactly what we, go, we have going on here. They're all united. And the problem, is, and it's not the individual excuses, it's not that we need to deal with those. We need to know that here is their concern. And their concern is they don't love the king. They don't want anything to do with him. Um, Jesus is at a meal. Um, he may be at what was called a Seder meal, you know. In other words, they would have a meal on Friday night. This was their uh, uh, Sabbath meal. And they might invite a visiting rabbi to come and kind of give a little sermon, if you will. I mean, it wasn't you know, a professional kind of thing, but, but um, you know, you wanted someone to, that night, to read God's word and, and to say something about the word of God, teach us something that night. Well, Jesus may have been that very one that was invited. He's sitting at the table uh, with those who sat at table with him, and someone, and it's, notes one of those who sat at table with him they're eating together and this guy says blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of god what does he mean blessed is he we'll call him blessed what's he talking about in the kingdom of God. I think he's talking about the here and now. As, as, as in, he's saying, I'm in the church and I get the, I get the rewards of having all the bread and all the goodies now. He's not talking about... You don't think he's like, talking about heavenly he's things? About, he's not talking about the, about, about the future in heaven. He's talking about now. I think he's connecting them. But, you know, um, here's where I go with it. I think the simple... The simplest explanation about this is, you know, there's going to be a day at heaven, you know, and if you can get to heaven, you'll be blessed. There, it's going to be great. Big kingdom, big feast. That's all great kind of stuff. But the implication when you say that at this meal, when you say that with Jesus sitting at the table with you, what does that imply? One, it may very well imply just exactly what you say, that he's saying to, well, Jesus, you don't have it right. You're not going to be there. Yeah. Huh? You know, I mean, it's obviously directed at somebody, right? Um, you, know, uh, um, I, I, you know, it's always one of these, you know, is it a compliment or is it not? You know, when I say, you know, Mark, the last time I saw you, you looked pretty good. <laughs> you kind of go, well, now, how, you know, what, what is that? And so here, yeah, there's an implication. You know, when you get that, people will be blessed. Well, what are you saying about now? Well, he's saying that I don't believe you're the Christ, and we're certainly not blessed right now. 
if, Jesus, if he believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, come to teach, right now and he's not saying that so absolutely he is discounting this little meal here you know he doesn't think it's right um, this is not heaven on earth this is not and yet Jesus is right there with him and I'm sure if Jesus has delivered the address or maybe he's getting ready to it sounds like he's already done it um, if he's delivered the rest, whatever words he gave are words of life. We ought to be clinging to them. We ought to be holding on to them. This guy is definitely not. And he's pointing forward to somewhere else. Um, hmm. And Jesus tells him a, a story, tells him a parable uh, concerning this. A certain man gave a great supper, invited many, sent out his servants to those who were invited, telling them to come for all things are now ready. Come. Um, what about... <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Take care of that. Alright, so, what about that? Old Testament. God has been telling them that the Savior is coming. He's been telling them there's going to be a bank, great banquet. He's been telling them about the promised land and all that's going to happen. The Jews had invitation. They were the promised peoples, the one to whom he was going to send the Savior. And once they had the Savior, they were to be a light to the Gentile nations around them. So they had the invitation. And everybody is looking forward to the time when it is fulfilled. Or, in terms of a uh, feast, and this is the whole story of feast imagery, everything is ready. Well, it's not ready yet. We keep waiting, we keep waiting. Eve was looking for, am I going to be the one that's going to have the Savior? Maybe it's Cain. Oh, no, it's not Cain. Maybe, it, yeah. Um, and we have Abraham. Is it going to be Isaac? We're going to, I know, we're going to. Finally, Mary is the one. Jesus is born. Now here we have him, the promised Savior. And so, what has he done? He has suffered and died on the cross and has taken away our sins. Everything is now ready. The plan is complete. Tell everyone to come. We would say to come and believe in the Savior, to come and rejoice in him. Um, in terms of the imagery, would be to come and eat with him. Uh, this is now it. Jesus comes on the scene. Here he is invited to a banquet. He's sitting at the table, and the guy rejects him. And so Jesus tells this story. He says, there were all these Jews. They had invitations. I sent out my pastors, my prophets. I sent them out, and I said, here he is. Here's the Savior. What did the Jews, by and large, do? They rejected him. The master of the feast says, go out and invite of the Jews. Don't go to the high and mighty. Go to the lowest, to the lame, to the crippled, to the whatever. Invite. Tell them to come. And, and the master says, we did it. But there's still a lot of room left. You know, some of those came. What do we know? We know that the law shows us our brokenness. If someone comes to God saying, I'm strong, I've got it all, everything's great, you know, then he's not going to want to come because he's got it. 
What do we have? We have to have the law show us our sin so we know we need, that's what this is with the weak and the lame. Ah, and so there were some Jews that came. At this point he says, that's it. Leave the city. Go out to the highways and to the byways. In other words, leave behind the Jewish nation. Go to the Gentiles and compel them to come in. How do we compel them? Gun to their back. Get in here. No. Yeah. We, we give them the words. We have the gospel message. We call them by the gospel. That's the way that we compel them to come in, showing them their sins and showing them their Savior, Jesus, and say God loves them. Tell them, listen, the Lord wants you here. He, he, he wants your kind. And so compel them to come in. Go out quickly. Bring them in. Um, and that's what he does. But there is a warning at the end. The warning. I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. The invited ones are those Jews that did what? They rejected what? Christ. They rejected the Christ. They rejected, yeah, here's the invitation. And they said no. They rejected the feast. They rejected, ah, this is where God is calling. This is where he is inviting. If you have Jesus at your table and you reject him, but say, I still think I'm going to go to heaven, looking forward to a future heaven, these words say, ain't going to happen. No, you can't reject the means. Um, God has given us means. He's given us his word that it might be preached and given out. Um, does he want people to come? Absolutely. But if you reject the word, how are you going to come? The word is that which creates faith. You can't reject the word. You can't make fun of the word and not lose your salvation. And so God says, this is the way it's, it's going. To reject Jesus, who's always given through the word, is to reject the salvation God has given. Yeah. Um, I think that's exactly the answer to that question is when it says that they all had excuses but they came to one, they were in one accord, they were all in agreement. What were they in agreement in? Well, there's only really two ways of salvation. One way is through faith in Jesus Christ. The other way has to be by works. It has to be we're good enough. It has to be that we were born in the right family. We're children of Abraham. We're Jews. We did what we should. We kept the Sabbath. We, there, there's really only, either you think you can do it by your works, and that must have been. Now, I don't see it, you know, in, in this, mainly dealing with the banquet and, and that kind of imagery, and there are things that they, excuses that they use, but what are they trusting in? They're trusting in their own, their own stuff. What? They're trusting in themselves, the law, what they've done. They think they're good enough. Does that satisfy? Well, you know, if everything's going well, you might think, you know, I did it all by my own bootstraps. Um, and you might look at someone else and say, well, if you only did this, then you would. 
But anyone who knows the truth knows that's not the case. Um, that if we have, it's because the Lord has blessed us. And if the Lord has kept us out of temptation or has led us through, then we give thanks to him for, for what he has done through his word. So there's a proclamation. There's a proclamation going out of the gospel. Um, these people were invited because they had the word. Uh, today you have this kind of crazy idea in which, well, the Jews are God's promised people. Well, they were. Why? Because he was going to send them the Savior. Now that you rejected the Savior, are, are, can you still be the promised people? No, it makes no sense. Um, of course not. In fact, they don't even really have a nation. They don't really have a people. They've been scattered throughout the world. Um, so no, there is that, that rejection of, of that as well. Um, eating. This is not simply a This is not simply a passing acquaintance, waving, hi, how you doing, fine, I'm good, how are you, great. This is not even just a little more intimate conversation where you shake hands and you share a couple things. So what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm down here, yeah, I've been over. Oh, you grew up in here, and sure, fine. This is eating. This is eating a meal together. Um, this is uh, when someone comes to your table at your home, you know, they didn't just walk by, you know, where you kind of go, hey, what are you doing? You know, no, 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 there's a deliberate, intentional, what? I want to eat with you. God's word often speaks of the word that goes out and it leads to an intimate table fellowship in which you say there is a welcoming of those who come to the meal. It is a way of saying, you are family, or you're next to family, you ought to be my family. If you're sitting here, we're together. Um, we've had this all along. God spoke to Adam in the Garden of Eden, and then he told him to gather around the tree of life. Um, there was food that was uh, there. We have uh, Abraham, uh, who uh, also would have an altar, and then there would be the, uh, the eating that went with that. There is the uh, Passover meal, in which all those who came together and would eat the Lord's Passover, and then the angel of death would, would, would pass over them. There is Moses on Mount Sinai where he goes up and he eats and drinks with God and God does not strike him down. There is the Christian church where we have the word, service of the word at the beginning and it culminates in a table fellowship, a receiving of all those who share, who are of one accord in doctrine and practice. Uh, that they might uh, eat together. And then we have those passages in the scripture where it says, someone who claims to be a brother and does these things with that man do not even eat. A rejection of table fellowship is a excommunication, a way of saying, no, you're not one of us. You have a different belief. 
you have different actions, you, uh, there is sin that is clinging to that, and so there is this uh, rejection. With this, we, uh, that's why the, the feast imagery works so well, uh, that it, it puts us uh, together with that. Finally, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup proclaims the Lord's death until he come. We have a fellowship with him in which we receive his body and blood, his forgiveness of sins. We are united with him even in this, this meal until finally, and uh, pretty well, the, the man's words at the table you know, are somewhat correct, almost a quote of the Psalms, if you will, Blessed are those who eat bread in the kingdom of God. Yes, absolutely. But that comes through here, receiving Jesus Christ. Then we will have this heavenly feast. We will be part of the marriage feast. We'll have, as Jesus talks about, the white robes that cover up our sin. Question. All right. Prayers this evening. What should we ask God for, thank Him for, praise, or confess? Karen? Prayers for the family of Deanna Reinhardt. Okay. She passed away. Okay. For her family, yes. Okay. An anniversary. Is she married to anyone you know? Uh, someone. Someone, yeah, yeah. We'll give thanks. <laughs> Safe travel? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, we'll use our pink sheets, or some of you have yellow ones. Um, they're both the same. Should say recite word by word on the front. Uh, who do the Ten Commandments for me? Luke? Uh, Apostles' Creed? Jonathan? Lord's Prayer? Sadie? Holy Baptism? Leon? Confession? Absolution? Karen? And Sacrament of the Altar? pastor. Let us pray. The Ten Commandments teach what we are to do. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation 
of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The Apostles' Creed teaches what God does and gives. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord's Prayer teaches how we should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Holy baptism brings us into the Christian community. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Confession and absolution is the voice of the gospel. It is the proper use of the gospel to believe the absolution of our sins and to be assured that they are forgiven us without any merit of our own through Christ The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The sacrament of the altar is food for the soul.
our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, who never fails to help and govern those whom you bring up in your steadfast fear and love, make us to have a perpetual fear and love of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We ask, dear Lord, uh, that you would uh, comfort the family who has uh, lost a loved one. We ask, dear Lord, uh, that you would remind them of that all is completed um, and our, our Savior has paved the way for eternal life. We give thanks to you for a wedding anniversary for Dan and Leanne. Uh, we ask that you would keep safe those who uh, travel on vacation. We ask, dear Lord, uh, that we might rejoice in your word, receiving your son's forgiveness through the word and sacrament, uh, that we might, uh, yes, enjoy that uh, marriage feast of the Lamb and the kingdom which is to come. In Jesus' name we pray. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.